This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Buckets. We're here today to talk about our favorite basketball team, America's team, really, the Denver Nuggets. Please welcome Billy Scafuri. You're getting bucket buckets. It's my pleasure to be here. Amir, you sound so happy. Take it away. This is the happiest I've been since the quarantine started, for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about basketball happy. Like, I was... I was jumping for joy, happy, <laughs> watching yesterday's game. I'm so I can't wait to talk to you because you didn't necessarily have a horse in that race. Mm-mm. You were, if anything, rooting for the Clippers just to see the Clippers Lakers, which would have been a fun thing for the city of Los Angeles to go through. Uh, I was watching it as someone who has been reading tweets and suffering from Kawhi choosing the Clippers mm. syndrome for over a year. <laughs> so watching that. It, it, I said, I texted, you know, thousands of people yesterday, but one of the things I said was it felt like, like destiny, like somebody had transcribed a wet dream I had, which was like the Clippers going up big and then Paul George starting to miss and it becoming so contagious. Kawhi Leonard starting to play poorly. The, that never, ever, ever happened. The basketball player who we both and crowned the best basketball player <laughs> in the world over King LeBron James. So this should not right. have happened. This was not going to happen in any not. reality. No, and he lost. He didn't lose to a superstar. He lost to, I guess, Jokic is now a superstar, and Murray is playing out of this world. But it's not like right. Kawhi lost to LeBron or Kevin Durant or, I don't know, any one of these players that we consider first-team All-NBA. So you, um, to just go back to your wet dream analogy for a second, how this is such a fortuitous bounce for you, you were wronged. A year ago, you felt personally wronged. We had all been waiting on Twitter with bated breath to find out where Kawhi Leonard was going to join. The clear choice was to join the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> because you would win multiple right. championships. You have the three, arguably. The th- so would he. Yes, yes. He would have three. He would ha- be playing with the other two best players in the NBA. It was a no-brainer. For some That's reason, right. he That's chose right. the Clippers. Paul George joined him, and you felt wronged. Well, a year later... All of that heartbreak, all of that anger, all that (laughs) festering disappointment came to a head when he ultimately couldn't pull it off. And this was as big a reward as the heartbreak was at the beginning of this journey. I texted people that I would take, like if I could control the future, I would take the Nuggets beating the Clippers in Game 7, even if it meant the Nuggets beating the Lakers (laughs) in the Western Conference Finals. Like, I wanted the Clippers to lose that game more than I want the Lakers to win a championship. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And I didn't even think that was true until the game was happening. And I was so nervous. And then as it fell apart, I'm like jumping up and down. Is it more sweet that it was a team like the Nuggets? Like not a team with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like you said, the Lakers would have been one thing. Even the Rockets, to a certain extent, we could have been like, well, you know, they have two of the biggest. The fact that it was the Nuggets, does it make it that much more embarrassing or easy to laugh at the Clippers in this scenario? I think so. I mean, it was such a catastrophic meltdown. Mm. And like the fact that everybody was watching and every like this is like now a narrative, like the Clippers melted down. They objectively choked. It wasn't like close game, went back and forth. 
they choked. They were up like 17, one game, 16, another. They were always winning at the half. <laughs> That's right. Always. And, and then three consecutive games, they objectively choked to loss. Yeah. Yes. And then la- yesterday was the worst of all. It wasn't even close. They could not make a shot. At one point, Jamichael Green missed the dunk mm. and it like flew NBA jam style landed in the backcourt. That was a forgotten moment. Oh, yeah, that did happen. The Paul George off the side of the backboard corner three. Everybody's shooting short. Kawhi Leonard was like he was playing poorly, but I didn't know he had the worst shooting percentage of his life in the second half. He went two for 10, which is like the worst second half of his entire career, maybe life. Like, at what point do you start saying like, right. like this, none of this makes sense. None of this. This is like an NBA finals MVP. Yeah, he could do it all. He's never nervous. Right. His, his whole demeanor is that he's like built for this moment. He's always risen to the occasion. Yes. He's won on the biggest stage with franchises that shouldn't have been there. Mm. This shouldn't have been a problem. Right. But for whatever reason, the Clippers cancer. Yeah, the Clippers cancer always wins. Sadly, these, these are fans that are like, we are the smarter team. The Lakers can own L.A., but we did it methodically. Mm. We set this up for seven years. Mm-hmm. We had we put the pieces in play, and we got our guys Kawhi and Paul George, and they got them, and they couldn't make it to the Western Conference. Finals. Yes, they lost, and you immediately texted our text thread. Be right back. I have to tweet a thousand times. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that And I still couldn't get it off my chest There was still more There is a text thread that you are on That seems like there are a lot of Clippers fans on And I'm reading between the lines But it seemed like a lot of them did not want to watch Game 7 So it seemed like morale was deeply low And why I bring that up is because That is a good place for you Amir Blumenfeld specifically To attack When someone is down and out That's when you come in And really put the dirt on their grave Well (laughs) Yes There were some people Who didn't watch game seven Which I thought was suspect As fans of a team When their backs are against the walls You abandon them That doesn't feel right Right As a fellow fan Yes I'm a Mets fan And all we know is losing And I watch that car drive off the cliff Every game and every season So no You watch your team win And you watch your team lose Yeah that's part of being a fan And that way when they win You celebrate Because you were there when they lost So do you think that they actually didn't watch? I don't know who we're talking about But you know these people Can you really believe That you just go for a three hour walk Instead of watching game seven Of your favorite team? Uh, no, I cannot. And I'm like, once like it's halftime and it's like a two point mm-hmm. game, you're like, all right, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Cause then like, what if they win? Then you're like, all right, I'm back to rooting for the Clippers right. against the Lakers. Right. So we're talking heavy about the catastrophic collapse of the Clippers. That's solid alliteration. I just want to point that out. Um, CCC. Yes. But should we also be talking about the fact that the Nuggets might be good? And as a Lakers fan, is there any sort of consideration that you are giving to that? Or are you just basking in the loss of the Clippers right now? Right now, basking in the loss of the Clippers. The Nuggets are very good. Like, they hit. It seemed like they made every three and the Clippers missed every three. They were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they seem like a team full of, like, B to B plus players and then a couple of A players. And, you know, that's a lot. That's just a lot to throw at teams. It just seemed like when they're hitting their shots, they're a good team. And but Mer- as a Lakers fan, you are not concerned. Uh, not too worried because I feel like, we took down Dame and James Harden, so like Jamal Murray feels like an easier version of those two players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're we're just left with uh, Anthony Davis on Jokic, which is going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, how does that match up? Because we all joke that Jokic can't move, yada yada, but he's like so methodical. But like Anthony Davis is the exact inverse of his skill set. Yeah, and so it's going to be an amazing. Who wins that and how? <laughs> I'm hoping Anthony Davis does, but like, yeah, Jokic. 
Jokic like sees Paul George on him and he's like his eyes light up. Like this is a world class defender and Jokic is just like I'm gonna fucking adult body mm-hmm. this young kid. Just like fucking bump against mm-hmm. him over and over until I'm mm-hmm. in the key and I'm gonna throw up like a hook where I'm not even facing the rim and it won't even touch the net. They fall in like did that go in? Like nothing moves. Clean non moving <laughs> net shot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot it's of so those. hard to guard this guy. He's so thick. Yeah. So as in, it, yeah, those jumpers sometimes are like a thick man swish. Like it is just and so. Those are like the, in the key. Like the what about like the fadeaway? The off the like, right foot that they say he practices, but it's like he's falling down. Does someone push him in practice? Like oh, no way. He's so accurate. And he's hitting threes too. He's so good. So it's like everyone thought it was going to be Kawhi and it was going to be Paul George versus. So now it's not. So they're gone. They're not playing the Lakers anymore. So obviously Jamal Murray and Jokic are rightfully the one and two that everyone's talking about. But as a Lakers fan, are there other players on the Nuggets where it's like, do we fear Gary Harris? Like, does Michael Porter Jr. make us nervous plumly against Dwight? Like, is there any matchup that you're like, this act, that doesn't actually match up well? Uh, Yes. Uh, I I guess we don't have anybody to stop uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, We throw KCP and Danny Green at guards and Alex Caruso in like the second and fourth quarters, and that slows them down. But then, yeah, we can't leave anybody open. Like, there's no help because Gary Harris can hit a three. Michael Porter Jr. can hit threes. Paul Millsap was hitting threes. They have no weak. They have no weak links. Right. Whereas, like Houston, like we could say that they had no weak links, but they were almost all weak links. Like they played the similar style of basketball, but fewer of them could make the shots that the Nuggets ended up making in Game Seven. This will be the best Laker test. Uh, De- Portland was battered and by the time they even reached the lakers they were like a shell of a team like starting wenyan gabriel and mario hazonia at a certain point uh houston was throwing russell westbrook who was like all out of sorts and then uh denwell house got uh ejected from the bubble at a certain point. fascinating storyline uh, <laughs> yeah that just completely went away yep. uh and then yeah denver doesn't have even their bench like monty morris comes in and just hits everything yeah they're trending up it's going to be it's it's deeply disappointing just because all of the quote-unquote experts wanted the los angeles first los angeles game but the clippers did not deserve to play in the western conference finals when it was all said and done like they played poorly yeah Yeah. and they played like a team that was i guess they played like a team that they are they were assembled as like kind of a super team but they never really got to play or practice together yeah it's a weird thing like it felt like the culture was off there or something like it didn't feel like a team it felt like they did like talking shit from the sideline and stuff but like even paul uh paul george alluded to it where he was like yeah we didn't have that like championship or bust attitude which is an interesting thing to kind of be like first thing out of my mouth after i'm leaving the bubble yeah they definitely did not play with joy like it was Pat Beverly playing with Joy and then like Kawhi Leonard. Like those two are so diametrically opposed. And that was kind of like a microcosm of the entire Clippers team. So one person we haven't discussed who might actually be able to slow down Jamal Murray just a little, maybe, is William Rondo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot in the haze of last night's amazing Nuggets game that Rajon Rondo's brother, William Rondo. <laughs> got ejected from a game for fighting with Russell Westbrook. So as Westbrook started yelling at someone on the sidelines, it was the first time I realized that I hadn't seen a player yell at someone on the sidelines in 45 days because there hasn't been someone to yell at in 45 days. Leave it to Russell Westbrook to start yelling at one of the nine people on the sidelines. Eight of nine are babies or wives. (laughs) 
And one is this fictional character named William Rondo. I don't know if Rajon was on the court at the time, but I we all choose to believe, like you mentioned, that it was probably Rajon with a mustache. <laughs> so Rajon grew up with somebody named William. So you can only imagine how much they were just fucking pushing each other, nudging each other growing mm. up. So like they were set. They're they're not any. They're not afraid of Russell Westbrook no. either of them. No, Rajon nor William. No. And then when you when you hear it's a William Rondo, do you feel personally connected as a William yourself? Yes, I definitely do. I'm like of all of the names. <laughs> Like, it just doesn't... I feel like there's one Rondo walking this earth. I've never considered multiple Rondos walking. Like, he feels like a sole source that was, like, dropped from a cloud one day. Uh, well, anyway. Yeah, like, who, who is Rage? He's in charge of the barbers in the bubble or something? He's also a chess master, I believe. Like, a master. Not, like, not a <laughs> recreational chess player. A chess master. Anyway, there turns out there's another Rondo, and he shares thine same name, William. I was just like, this is all fake. This can't be real. And apparently, William got booted. <laughs> I mean, if somebody told you that Russell Westbrook was jawing with a member of the Lakers family, and you could choose any player and any sibling <laughs> or parent, you would choose Ray John Rondo's brother as like the number one draft pick. And if, obviously, that's who we find. If there was only one better name than William for his brother, it would be Amir. If his brother's name was Amir Rondo. <laughs> Which is sort of in play. There's an Amir Johnson in the NBA. Anything could happen. Fact. Fact. But it's going to be the Nuggets versus the Lakers. But Yeah, Rondo, Rondo's another great success story. Like, as the Clippers were trotting out, like, Reggie Jackson, who couldn't quite get anything going. Right. Trez was struggling. Right. The Lakers appear to be trending up. Like, Danny Green started hitting shots. Uh, playoff Rondo appears to be a real thing. So, like, things were happening um, with positive momentum in the Lakers so would Land. so would you acknowledge now when it was the first series and Rondo wasn't playing? I believe it was even the second series. Maybe Rondo wasn't playing. All most Laker fans were saying we're actually better off. We're better off without Rondo. In retrospect, were you wrong in saying that? Yeah, I had no idea. This Rondo was like dropping twenty one and nine off the bench one game, and then shutting down James Harden defensively. Like he was picking people's pockets. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, absolutely is. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that the Lakers could sneak out Markeith and bring in Marcus Morris for the Western Conference Finals? Now we don't even want to do that. Marcus has been playing so poorly against the Clippers, and Keith is hitting threes. Damn. It's like they had already switched or something. It was crazy. Keefe, I couldn't believe it. Congrats to Keith, because whenever somebody says, is he, whenever one of them is traded, they say, is he the good Morris or the bad Morris? <laughs> That's always the first question. Keith is, is always the bad one. Until today, friends. Until today. He hit. I think he had four threes in that game five, or maybe four threes. Yeah, and he had four or five threes the game or two before that. Yeah. He's been making shots. Yeah. The Lakers, the, both both series for the Lakers, they like struggled in game one figuring out a team, and then credit to their coaching staff were like, all right, we figured it out. And then credit to the Lakers for like playing with a sense of urgency, which you didn't really see from the other team in L.A., and taking care of business four in a row. So it'd be curious. I'm excited to see how this series turns out. Right. So you think that they will, you think the same thing will happen? Nuggets win game one, uh, Lakers win two through five? Yeah, it seems like the team that just won game seven mm. seems to have like some sort of momentum advantage going into like game one of the next season mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, like fatigue sets in. Like I think the the Nuggets played every other game for 14 of those games. They because you know they went wow. for uh, seven against Utah and then seven against the Clippers. Wow! There hasn't been a day off until tomorrow. They're taking Thursday off and starting on Friday. Wow! I can't wait to hear what Michael Porter Jr. says on his day off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that was like 10 lifetimes ago is the idea that like Michael Porter was like, they need to give me the ball more. See, kudos to the Nuggets for that not turning into a thing. Like if that was the Knicks, that's the only thing. We would lose every game, that's for sure. If one player says that, we lose the next three games, that's a fact. You know, like it didn't really, there was no sort of hiccup in their gameplay really. No, yeah. And they took it in stride. And if anything, he made like a big three in game five or six Mm -hmm. to like, it was like his first shot of the game. His jumper looks great. He's such a smooth-looking player. I know, but all the experts say he can't play defense. It's like, I'm not paying attention. He just makes these cool <laughs> players on offense. Yeah, he's like a six foot ten inch fucking like sturdy-looking Kevin Durant motherfucker who's like shooting at the top of his jump. It looks like the ball is released above the rim. Yeah. And his threes always seem to go in. He looks so good out there. So final question on the series. Could the Nuggets potentially be the Raptors of last year? Where it's like, we didn't really see it coming, but they just kept playing well till the end. Or does it stop here? I hope that it stops here, but I don't know. Like, I, I think we discount Jokic implicitly mm-hmm. just merely based on what he looks like. If you look at his stats, you're like, this is a MVP-level guy. Mm-hmm. Do you see what he had yesterday? Yeah, he had like 19 rebounds, right? 11 assists. and It was <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like... He had like this very hardy triple double with steals and blocks yes very hardy very hardy that's a good adjective to use for his line i think it was 16 22 and 13 right like he is he is a point center mm-hmm. he doesn't sweat he just kind of loafs around and just does it all and he plays he gets rebounds like it's pool basketball like he's just like tipping it to himself amongst like little kids like you know this 300 pound dad but like playing around with high schoolers or something i fully support that analogy i have nothing better to contribute that is exactly what it looks like when he is by the rim <laughs> uh all right let's take a break i have to thank some sponsors and then we'll come back and talk about the other two teams in the nba i guess there's two other teams out east i don't believe you ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. All right, Lakers Nuggets out west. It's set. Can I get your prediction? By the way, I know you're you're coming at it at a different angle. You sort of believe in the Nuggets, right? I do believe in the Nuggets, but you have been steadfast all bubble and playoffs that the Lakers have the best two players in the NBA, and I've always tried to find ways of proving you wrong, telling you little ways that you might be wrong. I've been wrong every time, so I'm going to finally just acknowledge <laughs> that the best players usually win, barring injury. Let's just say, and it's a safe pick, Lakers and six. That's good. Yeah, Lakers in six, I think, is the Vegas favorite as well. Uh, but then again, so is Clippers in six. So is Utah in seven. So Nuggets are not supposed to be here, and they always are. That's right. They always go seven. Uh, did you watch the Boston-Miami game? I caught the end, and that's all you. I really needed to catch. What a game. 
insane. Yeah. That overtime. These are these are two such evenly matched teams that of course it goes into overtime game one. Yes. And of course it comes down to like a dunk, whether it's blocked or not, for the win. Oh my god. Before we even get to that block, which for my money is the best block of all time, and that includes the chase down block by LeBron, that still to me, Adebayo's block was more impressive. But before we even wow. get to that, Jimmy Butler has a different gear. Like he has that like psychotic just like tie the game up at all costs gear. It is his team does not lose when they're down two with like seven seconds to go. Yeah. I mean, you look at like his history, like whenever he leaves a team, they get a lot worse. When he's there, they play better and they all want him to leave. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what is going on behind the scenes. Yes. Like the Timberwolves made the fucking playoffs with Jimmy Butler. Yes. Like that's how important he is to winning. He is a winner. He is a tough guy to be around, it sounds like, but he is a winner. But that team, everyone says heat culture, you know, like that's always been the thing that's like been pervasive. They're yeah, like, the Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. They train together specifically. They wear knee pads during practice. They bang. They like, even during like COVID, I think that they were all mostly training together because Florida was one of the only states that was open. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a pretty good interview. It's Duncan Robinson. I think he's on Zach Lowe, but he talks about like the specifics of um, you know, playing in that environment and what heat culture really is. And the way he described it yeah. made it seem like, damn, they're definitely the most prepared team in the bubble. Like, they, they, right. there can't be another team more prepared. And now you're seeing it, where they're just, like, winning these close games. They are, like, always in every match. It's been... I'm in on the heat. I'm in on the heat hard. Yeah, I mean, they took down Milwaukee relatively easily. Mm-hmm. They just kind of, like, choked him out. Like, Lebr- uh, Giannis had his worst shooting percentage of, like, any series of games. Like, they just choke these teams out. And I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Boston also is playing great and played great. They were up the nearly the entire game. Yeah, it's you wonder if Marcus Smart actually makes a better fit on that team than Gordon Hayward. Like, he doesn't make a bad fit. Right, I forgot. Right. Like, Gordon Hayward yeah. should be on that team taking, like, 20 of those minutes from Marcus Smart. But Marcus Smart's shooting, like, 6 of 12 from 3 every game. <laughs> yeah. And he's, like, fucking banging around Game 7, like, diving for loose balls. It's like, he's, where does he get the energy? I have no he's idea. He's Pat Beverly plus. Like, people love Pat Beverly because he talks more. But, like, Marcus Smart, to me, is as much a lockdown defender. But he'll give you, like, 17 a game. Yeah, he's like Pat Beverly, but has actually earned the right to talk shit. Yeah. Okay, Amir is not yeah. done. You <laughs> thought the Clippers hate was done in the first act. <laughs> I mean, Pat Bev, another person who kind of shrunk during games five, six, and seven of that season. And also shout out to Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum on Twitter for not being over the shit that was talked to them. Oh, no. Oh, they had no. they had a night. They were they were like me, only they were Dame Lillard and CJ. There like, were you remember the the clips of like Pat Bev cracking up, pointing to his wrist, Dame time. Like mm-hmm. this was in the seeding games back like in fucking early August. Mm-hmm. He didn't forget. And Paul George was talking some heavy trash on uh, Instagram, and you know he was playoff P. He was so ice cold that like that had to feel so good for those dudes. They were like they had draft folders, you know, where they're just like, which one should I send right now? They were more ruthless than I was. Yes, no doubt. There was many people online ready to attack the Clippers when it was all said and done. It's fun to know that, like, that level of talking shit, you can tell, like, every player acts cool, like, now we talked about it, it's no big deal, it's basketball beef. Mm -hmm. And then when a team loses, you really hear, like, the real shit come out. Yeah, it's great to see bitter basketball players. You know, like, the default setting is cool, but when they're bitter, it's like, yeah, talk that shit. God, Paul George really, really shit the bed after talking so much shit against Damian Lillard. He, he seemed unhappy. Something was wrong. But anyway, 
back to the uh, Celtics for a second. They look legit too. Yeah. I mean, like they're just like one of those like Detroit teams where it's like everyone's good. You know, the Piston, like the Ben Wallace here, where it's like everyone's good, everyone's legit. Maybe Tatum actually does have it. You yeah, know? maybe he's the new star in the East. Yeah, he's the guy. He's like, he's so impressive to me. Like six foot nine can hit threes, sidestep threes, long twos, get to the basket, hit free throws. Mm-hmm. He just feels like a cool confidence. Like a typical NBA superstar. I asked you after the Suns had won eight, gone eight. No, Booker was like this un, untouchable superstar making that big shot over the Clippers. I asked you if you were starting a team today and you could pick of these two players to start your team, um, Tatum versus Booker, who would you take? Do you remember who you said? No, but I, right now it would be Tatum. So I hope I said that. You did eight games ago as well. Yeah. <laughs> Tatum. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. He does seem yeah, he's like... Just, he's just... He's taller. He's a taller, more complete basketball player. In three years, could he be the best player in the NBA? He's only 22. I'm saying. That's the craziest thing. I'm saying. This is his third season. I'm saying. Could he be the best player yeah. in the NBA? Could he be an MVP in three years? I think so. I think him and Luca are kind of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're looking at 22 to... 20 to 22-year-olds, when they'll be 25 to 27, mm-hmm. I would I would have Luca and then... Uh, Jason Tatum. Damn, really? So Tatum is really up Adebayo's there. is up there now, too. Bam Adebayo. God, what a stud he is. So that was great. Did you see it live? Uh, yes. That looked like... Did that ball like hit off the rim? Like, How does a ball get blocked and like bounce up off this guy's wrist? Left-handed. I thought that the force kind of eventually brought it back. <laughs> it was like a slingshot or something, or a mousetrap. Kudos to how many photos were taken of the various bends in his wrist. Like, I know we're in the bubble, but I did not expect that that level of camera work was going to be happening. We saw so many different impressive angles where it was like, bam, did something unprecedented. Remember the Kawhi middle finger block? That was, that was disgusting and amazing, too. <laughs> But I'm glad we're not talking about that. That'll be completely forgotten. To Irrelevant. Wow, the Bam out of bio block. <laughs> I think you liked it because it was a feat of strength in addition to athleticism. And it was also face-to-face. Like strength-based Without shit. doubt, but it was yeah. face-to-face. It's like when you go on Instagram and you watch two high school kids on a seven-foot rim <laughs> see if you could dunk it or block it. You just want to see those two dudes like dogs jump up and see who's got it. Yeah. Tatum went up with authority. I don't know if he cocked it back. But hammer. Yes. He tried to hammer. Exactly. And you can't block a hammer. <laughs> and it was his left hand. Adebayo went up with like one and a half seconds left, caught it, and he, it was an arm wrestle with the ball in the middle. That's right. It was an arm wrestle. And Bam Adebayo. It was like a, a, a superhero movie where it's like bending backwards. Mm-hmm. Not, like he could have he could have broken his fingers and dunked it like in his hand. Mm-hmm. And then Tatum would Adebayo have had refused. the ultimate poster. It was really like <laughs> history was going to be made for one of these two players in that moment. And Adebayo met him at the rim. And I just don't remember. A, I don't remember a game being won. Maybe LeBron did it like eight years ago on such a ferocious dunk. That would have probably been a game-tying dunk, but all the same. But I do not remember a block with such authority. No. Yeah. Uh, I still would give the chase down the edge just because it won game seven against the Warriors. Mm -hmm. The stage was bigger. The block was just out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the Bam Adebayo block. Another great moment in that game is, um, do you remember Jason Tatum almost hit like a miraculous game-winning yes. three after falling down? Was that-, <laughs> that would have changed history. Like that, like those are shots that nobody talks about because they didn't go in. That was in line, yes. off the front of the rim, like four inches away from hitting. As that ball was sailing through the air, the only thought in my mind was, <laughs> don't go in because that was a travel getting up. He got up without dribbling, and I was like, "This is That's right. all we're going to hear is every reporter saying he has to dribble if he's going to stand up." He just hopped up and chucked a shot, and I was like, "Please don't go in, because then it's all just going to be like uh, like a fault, like an asterisk win. I don't want that." But damn, that was close. 
That was very close. Yes. So close. Yes. And now it's Miami 1-0, and that series is even closer now. Oh, God. Yeah. As a Laker fan, I don't know who to root for. You probably are just rooting for seven games, right? You want these teams beat up. Yeah, which is what I wanted. In De- like, if I could choose a Denver script, it would be Denver down 3-1, just fucking giving it their all mm. and getting, like, over the mountain and then, like, finally winning game seven. Uh-huh. Now they have to play game one again in two days. Uh-huh. Like, God, that must be so difficult. They already celebrated like they won a championship. Uh-huh. Yeah, you wonder. It's. I mean, the Lakers are in a very interesting position. They're favored to win, and, and they should. But, like, so are the Clippers. They were supposed to win. They didn't. I mean, like, the Nuggets might be low-key good. But in the East, both teams just feel like 12-round 12, 12 fight. You know, it's like two very yeah. good teams. Like, it seems like every line should be one and a half, you know, the other team. And I think it is. I think it's that close. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no real, I don't see any matchup favorites where it's like, well, they have nothing to do against that guy. They're all, you know, like even Daniel Tice is like giving them good minutes, you know? Yeah. It seems like it's just going to be a seven game fight, which is fun. I would give the edge to uh, Miami's depth. They seem to have like players off the bench that can come in and extend leads. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Boston has to trot in like, the Lakers sort of fall victim to this too. There's players that I, when I notice they're sitting, I'm like, we just have to play these four minutes even. Yes. When LeBron sits, like, let's just tread water. He built an 11 point lead. Yes. As long as they don't come all the way back by the time he comes back in. And Boston has players that when they sit, it's like, all right, it's time to trot out Wanamaker, mm-hmm. Semi, yeah, who else? Robert Williams. And it's like, let's hope that they don't blow this lead. The, the Heat don't have players like that. Yeah, and I think that that's what also did the Clippers in, was that Lou Will and Montrez were not what they were supposed to be. They were supposed to take care of that, where it's like when the 6 and 7 guy come in, we're going to give you another wave of offense. They were both just like too static. Whereas yeah. I kind of like, I, Miami feels deep, and those dudes shoot with such confidence. Like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow are just, they just shoot the ball. They don't care. They just fire. You know Hero's... Tw- Hero's 20 and Duncan Robinson's like 26. I always imagine them as like twins who are the same age, who are like both 23. No, that's just their average age. Duncan Robinson. Oh, was he a G League dude? I think Duncan Robinson was a G League guy for a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. G League. And he played last year too. I just imagine them both as rookies. That's not the case. Another fun fact, Tyler Harrow can't swim. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it Harrow or Hero? I think it's Hero. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is going to be another one of the Jonas moments where I just hear it on Twitter for the next two weeks. <laughs> and then uh, if there's ever any doubt, just, I guess, bet on the team with Andre Iguodala. Like, is Andre Iguodala going to lose anytime soon? It just doesn't feel like he has that in him. Yeah, really. It's like if he was on Memphis, they would be in the finals right now. If he- He's the Robert Ory. Yeah. He's just going to win. Who do you like in this series, if you were to pick? I mean, I had Boston as a slight favorite. Since they lost game one, I guess I'll give Miami as a slight favorite and... I remember the Lakers heat heat games these this year were very close and like hard fought. So if it does come down to like this Pat Riley Bowl Lakers versus Heat, mm-hmm. it's going to be so interesting. But it would also be nice to see the colors of the Lakers versus the colors of the Celtics in Ooh. just for 7 games. There is something very satisfying about that. <laughs> Yeah, they should let old players, they should let everyone, they should let 30,000 people come to those games. <laughs> <laughs> At least for the last game, like, we can't get anybody sick anymore. So, like, you know when they bring in the trophy <laughs> for, like, so the, the final game? <laughs> so instead of a trophy, we just let 14,000 Laker fans. No I'm tests. sure they can get tested. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it literally doesn't matter. We're all leaving tomorrow. <laughs> the red rope. And then, like, the Lakers blow it and everyone has to leave and go home. <laughs> I've been to it. All right, shit, they fucked up. <laughs> no temperatures. I saw, no. I saw the fans. Yeah, yeah I saw the fans. Can they celebrate with the champagne or is that a COVID? I think they're going to celebrate with thermometers. They're just going to keep testing everyone's foreheads. Just going to, instead of spraying with champagne, just going to find your temperature. Mercury. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. and then if the Boston wins, it's Lakers Celtics all over again, which is the ten year anniversary of that. I mean, God, this bubble really turned out well. What is the least satisfying finals? Um, it would be obviously Nuggets versus who? Boston. The old got to be Nuggets versus Boston. The old Nuggets what is there Boston. To talk about there? The old Nuggets Boston rivalry. Yeah, who's the? What's the? You're talking about like the Pat Riley Bowl mm-hmm. or uh, Lakers Celtics. Like who's the common link between Denver and Miami? But Sean Leonard played for both the Nuggets. And the Heat. And so, na- so maybe this is a, is a good matchup. Again, it's the Nuggets and the Celtics. Okay, Denver and Boston. Who played for Denver and Boston? Den- Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups. Yeah, I think started his career with Boston for like half a season. Okay. The Billups Bowl? <laughs> Grab your Billups head screwdrivers. We're going to Orlando. Uh, yeah, okay. That's what it is. Yeah, nobody wants to see the Chauncey Billups Bowl. No, nobody Finally. wants <laughs> Okay, got it. Um, so who are you? you're rooting for Denver, right? You want to see this. You don't want to see it. Or do you want LeBron to get his fourth championship? I don't want him to get his fourth championship. Would be fine with him getting to the Western Conference Finals. If I could choose my ideal result for who I could watch in the Western Conference Finals, I'm probably going with, against all odds, Boston Denver, the Billups Bowl. <laughs> you want the Billups Bowl. That's the worst case scenario for a Lakers fan. That's right. It gives Boston the chance to win a championship. Uh, and Denver, that means the, the Nuggets beat the Lakers. Denver, Boston. What a 2020 way to play basketball in the finals. Just like two, like what? No, that's not how it goes. What do you think the Lakers are right now to win the championship on uh, Bovada? Hmm. Lakers odds. Four teams left. Let's say... Minus one fifteen. See, I thought it would be like close to that. Yeah, almost even money. It's minus two ten. Still, wow. <laughs> what are the other teams? Oh no, the Lakers are way favorite. Everyone else is plus money. Okay, so Heat are so Denver is eight to one. Mm-hmm. Boston is six to one. Mm-hmm. Miami is four to one. Wow. And the the Lakers are one to two. Wow. Hundred dollar bet wins. 45 bucks or something. And in some other random poll I saw online, the Heat are three to one to land Giannis after next season. Interesting. They are the favorites to do that as well. Yeah. Does that mean Giannis stays for his last year and then just signs somewhere else? Mm -hmm. You don't think Milwaukee's like, fine, we'll fucking trade you there for Duncan (sighs) Robinson, Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, and five draft picks. I think you hold on to that thing till the end. You hope that the ball bounces right and he's just like, you know what? I do like Milwaukee. (laughs) First of all, that would be an awesome jersey is the Giannis Miami Heat, Miami Vice jersey. It feels right. Second of all, do we think Jimmy Butler wants him there? Hmm. I don't know what Jimmy Butler wants. To put myself in his head is a fool's errand. I do not. I think if Jimmy Butler beats you, he doesn't respect you. Mm. He's like, I don't want. I think he looks at Giannis and goes, I don't want this scrub on my team. You like, just get me more shooters. You might not be wrong. That's true. Like, if Bledsoe, <laughs> if Eric Bledsoe got traded to the Heat, like, Butler would have him out. Butler would just be like, trade him again and trade him again. I mean, Butler basically dogged Simmons and Embiid. He's like, I don't trust these guys. Mm-hmm. He looked at Cat and laughed. He's like, <laughs> get me out of here. He wanted out of Chicago. He wanted to be the man in Miami, and now he's the man, and they might make it to the finals. And I don't think he wants. I think he would rather have Danny Green, William Rondo, That's right. <laughs> and Duncan Robinson. When it's all said and done, Jimmy Butler will have played for 24 NBA franchises and burned 23 of them to the ground. Yeah, 11 championships, and they all wanted him out the next year. That's right. That's right. Uh, and remember, two months ago, we were like, do we think the bubble goes all the way? Or like, will somebody test positive and they'll cancel the whole thing? Which I guess can still happen, but... Kudos kudos to the NBA. They like totally normalize that. Like, we don't even think about that anymore. Yeah. And what's going on in the NFL? Like, are there 
there's there's no bubble. The teams are playing. Do we find out if tomorrow 41 of them have coronavirus or we just will never hear tbd dog i don't know but some stadiums are letting in like a cool thirteen thousand fans and it's like (laughs) that's so many people (laughs) come on that's to see the jaguars like nobody needs to see the jaguars and browns play right when the stadium i mean the stadium would have allowed eighty thousand, but thirteen thousand jaguars that's all the fans they have How do they even choose? Like, every six people can come in? Like, how do they decide which the 13,000 people at Arrowhead get to be and where they sit? Yeah, I think that they make them wrestle. They put them in a big pen together, like 30,000 people. And they're like, whichever 13,000 survive are allowed in. I will say football looked pretty normal to me, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if you squint. We're getting used to it. If you squint, it all looks normal. I mean, playoff hockey looks normal. You know, baseball, normal enough now. Yeah, except for the the extra innings rule, which seems to be weird. Yeah, and like the cardboard dogs in the, you know, (laughs) stats. But I feel like this is what it'll be next season, too, for every franchise. We're not getting to the point where 80,000 people can pack into a house in, like, January. No, it's like we're not—you haven't heard any, like, whispers of real concerts coming back. No sort of actual gathering is planning for anything because we don't know anything. We don't even know who the leader will be, let alone what the vaccine plan is or how— effective it'll be it'll be this again what we do know is that the nba draft i believe is set for november 18th so that's like the next thing that we can look (laughs) forward to nick's sixth pick who knows probably 18th pick at this point i'm sure we traded down who knows oh that's gonna be but we have been spoiled last point we have we have been spoiled in that for the last 40 50 days we've been watching nba basketball We've been talking about NBA basketball. And like as much as it has been a distraction from bigger things happening, we have been given it all. And we're about to not have it again in like two, three weeks. And that's going to be suddenly like longer nights again, you know, longer afternoons yeah. again. So I for, I forget what May and June were like. We were watching Horse on ESPN and Chris Paul was going up against Zach Levine in his backyard and we were like sniffing it like it was a crown jewel. Mm-hmm. We're about to lose like six hours of just consumed time from like afternoon into night. So uh, I don't know. Go to the library, get a couple books, but we only have oh, a few no, more weeks. Don't even choke. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'll just watch that game seven on replay. That's right. You have that. <laughs> also, a, a funny back, um, back in June-ism is like, I was thinking, like, do I even am I even gonna watch the Lakers like with the same urgency as I did like if this was a regular playoffs or like will it mean less because it'll look like a preseason game? Will it mean less because people are dying? Will it mean less because I'm still like stuck in my house? And you should have seen me yesterday. This was not even a Laker game. I'm jumping and screaming, pounding, FaceTiming friends like I just won the lottery. I am genuinely so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Because few of us have experienced that in the last six or seven months. So I'm so, it makes so no happy sense. for you. Enjoy it. It makes no sense if you zoom out. What is this 37-year-old cackling about? Oh, uh, a game uh, 3,000 miles away with 10 strangers that he's never met, never will meet, that are not even from his hometown. Oh, but they're his favorite went team? One way or the other. They're his favorite team? Well, <laughs> not no, enough. not exactly. He actually <laughs> uh, doesn't. He actively doesn't root for them, and they failed. So he's happy that the team he doesn't root for failed. That's where all of his joy derived from. Okay. <laughs> so you're watching this game. Are you watching with a smile on your face? Are you like, how do you, how do you, how did you, how did that game wash over you as a casual fan? Um, it was a f- good game. Like it trended one way and then changed at half, and it was like, oh, we're, we've seen this before. So all of that was like, all right, this is fun. This is good basketball. But it started to get a little sad when the 
expected great players were just shitting the bed so poorly. But then you get that second wind when your buddy Amir starts texting you like relentlessly <laughs> with how much joy he is experiencing. And there's no one else on the text thread that we're on who is a Clippers fan. So I know that no one is actively being hurt right now. So it's really just living vicariously through you, seeing a good friend of yours experience such high highs in the moment. So really, ultimately, I was having a good time watching you have a great time. But that's that's why that's what makes you such a great person because there are people on that text chain, as I wanted the Clippers to lose because I don't like the Clippers and their fans, they did not want to see me happy because I represent the big evil empire. Right. They wanted the Clippers to... It's like a next level of like, <laughs> I'm rooting for this team because they're going against that team that goes... Like Knicks fans rooting against the Nuggets because that's the Lakers. <laughs> like they are three tiers away wanting to see the Clippers win because they knew it would make me upset. Right. And I understand that. Right. But you didn't have any of that. Right. Well, I mean, look, heavy is the head that wears the crown and you have the king. And so everyone's going to come after you. <laughs> like you have to know the rules. You have the best player and everyone's going to come after you. I am just able to look past that and say, he's also my friend and he's very happy right now. <laughs> and for that, I am grateful. And for that, I am grateful. Thank you. It's nice to have some real friends in this world. You hear that, Marty? He's not listening to this. No. Yeah, he's not listening. No, he, this, he never makes past Marty's, 40 minutes on a podcast. As a Blazer fan, also wanted, he doesn't want the Lakers to be happy. He doesn't want Lakers and Lakers fans to be happy. Yes. Yeah. That's how it goes. Although, the if the Blazers hate the Clippers, there's like some weird internal logic you have to go through to like, and sometimes you don't know until you're watching the game who you find yourself rooting for. Yeah, and it's just fun to be a devil's advocate sometimes. When somebody feels passionately about something, it's just more fun sometimes to be like, no, you're wrong, just to see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I get that too. Sure. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, All right. This is is great. This is fun. This is awesome. I'm glad I can record some genuine joy for the first time in seven months. It's been a while. This is a time capsule episode for you. Yeah. It's it this whole thing, this Clippers season is officially the bubble was worth it. Even if somebody gets corona, it was worth it to see Clippers fans disappointed, Kawhi lose. Doc Rivers is still their coach upon until further notice. I don't know if you saw that, but um, he's not going anywhere. I just thought that you were going to go on like a five-minute diatribe about low-key all the things wrong with the Clippers there. You pulled out. but Trez, <laughs> Trez is a free agent, so they probably don't want to keep him slash can't afford him. I don't know if mm-hmm. the Knicks are giving him five for 130 Oh, God. Oh, God. Lou Williams old and getting worse, starting to become unplayable. So there's six men of the year just gone mm-hmm. all the people they picked up in the middle remember when the lakers really wanted reggie jackson he signed with the clippers mm-hmm. fuck oh i really wanted reggie jack how do how are we gonna play rondo against they have lou williams pat beverly and now they have reggie jackson this isn't fair <laughs> all these guys are back home with their fucking families and dogs out of the Great. bubble you love to see it out of the bubble out of the bubble i'll say this this is, this is better than beating them which is weird to say because beating them should be the number one thing but seeing them implode before even getting to the match felt better than seeing the Lakers beat the Clippers. It's more humiliating, that's for sure. The Clippers had every expectation to be here. You have been a Lakers fan. You grew up in Los Angeles your whole life. With that comes the fact that you've also known that the Clippers have been largely irrelevant for most of your life. So now that they are somewhat relevant and they are becoming a competitor of yours, is it more fun now that the Clippers are seemingly good than when they were irrelevant? Which reality would you choose? 
I guess it's more fun that they're good and they still melt it down. Yeah. If they're good and won a championship, it wouldn't have been good. Right. The, this way is a lot better. This is yeah. exactly. It's better to get, it's better to see this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is... You, this is a fucking transcription of a dream I had the night Kawhi signed with the Clippers. That is so awesome. Again, I am so genuinely happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, sweet. Thank you. And then uh, let's have let's record another episode in eight days after the Nuggets sweep the Lakers. You will have a completely different attitude at that point. Uh, all right, sweet. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll be back soon enough. See you later. Bye, everybody. Oh, wait. Is there anything you wanted to promote? No, that's fine. All right, sweet. The No Joke Podcast on the HeadGum Network. Listen to that right after this. Attaboy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.